Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cavalcade of America, presented by DuPont, makers of better things for better living through chemistry. To the millions of men and women who have labored... And today, labor still with hand and mind and heart to build and to preserve a great free nation. The Cavalcade of America proudly dedicates the unending story of a new way of life in a new world. Tonight, the Cavalcade of America presents Jeanette Nolan as Anne Rutledge in an original radio play, Anne Rutledge and Lincoln, written by Norman Corwin, widely recognized as one of radio's outstanding playwrights. Appearing with Jeanette Nolan are the Cavalcade players. John McIntyre as Abe Lincoln, Carl Swenson as John McNeil, Ray Collins as Mr. Rutledge, Agnes Moorhead, Mrs. Rutledge, Ted Jewett as Mr. Winthrop, Kenneth Delmar as Jack Armstrong, Kingsley Colton, Peter, and Edwin Jerome as the Doctor. Our orchestra and original musical score are under the direction of Don Voorhees. DuPont, makers of better things for better living through chemistry, present Anne Rutledge and Lincoln on the Cavalcade of America. Let me tell you about the girl humming that tune. Her name is Anne Rutledge. 
A long time ago, she lived with her mother and father and seven brothers and sisters in a tavern in New Salem, Illinois. Her name is familiar to you because a great man fell in love with her and never got over it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have known about her. She was a bit prettier than average, but still very much like a lot of girls you know yourselves. Anne was not a phantom or a legend. She was a girl. She was happy. She was sad and angry and coy and gentle and wise. She had fears and she had dreams. It is these things that our story is about. First of all, Anne Rutledge was a girl. Mother. Yes, Anne? Can I ask you something important? Can it wait until we do the dishes? Oh, yes, I guess it can wait all right. Well, tell me, what is it? Don't laugh at me now. Oh, come now. Do you want to ask me or don't you? Mother, what's it like to be in love? What? Why, Anne, now, why should a thought like that be in your head at this hour of the morning? Because I've been thinking about it all night. You have? Yes. I just couldn't sleep. I kept listening to the crickets and the frogs and the house creaking. And did you know there's a screech owl down in the glen somewhere? No. Well, there is because I heard it. And I also heard Pa snoring. Mm, I heard that myself. Toward morning it got very still. It seemed everything went to sleep. Even the crickets and the frogs. And then I could hear my heart beating. Slowly. Like this. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. So slow I was afraid it would stop. Maybe you shouldn't have ate before you went to bed, Anne. Oh, no, I felt fine. Only I kept wondering how it must be to hear all those things when you're... Well, when you're in love. I mean, when a man's in love with you... See here, Anne, you're too young to be bothering your head with thoughts the likes of that. Too young? Well, I'm 17, ain't I? How old were you when you fell in love? Oh, 16. Well, there. Mother, what's it like? Well, it's... It's just what you suppose it's like. Just what you imagine it's like. If it's what I imagine, then it's like the way the leaves stirred all last night. And the little sounds kept coming from far away. Or it's like how the hay smelled down at Tuttle's farm just after they finished mowing last week. Like warm blankets and soft pillows when you're all snug in bed and it's blowing a blizzard outside. And there are icicles on the window. <laughs> is it... Is it anything like that, Mother? Yes, Anne. Sometimes. When it's unspoiled. That's the nice part of love. The nice part? But what can there be bad about being in love? Oh, some things. Some things I hope you'll never find out about. Yes, Anne Rutledge was just an average girl. 
and she was happy. stopping? Why should I mind? Because I stopped just to look at you. Then I do mind, John McNeil. Oh, it's so hard to see your eyes when I'm looking at the road. Well, Anne, why, you're blushing. What? Am I? Uh-huh. <laughs> it it oh. uh, rather becomes you, too. I'm not blushing. It's just the heat of the day. I'm very warm, that's all. Well, what, whatever it is, you're awful pretty. I... I'm glad you think so, John. I am. Uh, would you mind if I kissed you? Kissed me? Yeah. No. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I... I mean... No. I wouldn't mind. Anne. John, you want to know something? Uh, what? That was the first time in my life I've ever been kissed. Oh, you want to know something, Anne? What? Well, here's your second. Sometimes she was sad. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night. I must say Abe Lincoln's a funny man. I swear I never did hear anybody tell stories the way he tells them. You don't have to wet his whistle to do it either. He's a fine Christian gentleman, Mr. Lincoln is. <laughs> Did you hear the one he told about? The... Well, land sakes, Anne, what are you looking so glum about? Didn't you think that bear story of Lincoln's was funny? I wasn't listening to Mr. Lincoln. I'm... I'm going upstairs to bed. Good night, Mother. Good night, dear. Good night, Father. Good night. Good night. Mother and father, and the children, and John McNeil. And please make John change his mind and come back to New Salem, as he promised me he would. Because I'm so lonely since he went back east. Dear God, make him come back to me. I love him so much. So very much. 
Shining on the water. That can burn, too. If we heard of the Sangamon River burning anybody. <laughs> All right. But don't say I didn't warn you. Oh, for anything concerning my looks, I'm afraid I'll have to take full responsibility. You're. You're not bad looking, Mr. Lincoln. Might bother your eyes, Miss Anne? No. I could see fine. I like your looks. Thank you. You're being very kind. Aren't you going to say anything about mine? Well, I'm... I'm not very good at 
expressing myself on things I feel very, very deeply about. You feel very deeply about my looks? About you, Miss Anne. Oh. Don't suppose I have any right to hope, but I do nevertheless. I hope that someday I might perhaps be worthy of your affection. Oh? But in the meantime, though, I hope you just let me keep seeing you, that you let me take you for walks and maybe sit with me again like this on the bank of the river. Mr. Lincoln. Yes? How is your memory? Why, all right, I guess. Do you remember how you threw Jack Armstrong the time he came down to the store looking for a fight? Yes. How you got your arms around him and... Spun him head over heels? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you try putting your arms around me? But leave out the spin. also wise. Sister. Yes, Peter? Which do you think is the best? A soldier or a sailor? I'm sure I don't know. That's been worrying me. Very well. Now let me read, please. Sister. Anne. What? Do sailors get seasick? Can't you see I'm trying to read, Peter? Well, I just wanted to know. I was only asking. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. I was trying to read. What did you want to know? Do sailors get seasick? Well, I shouldn't think so. Not good sailors, anyway. Why do you ask? I was just wondering what I'd be when I grow up. Soldier or a sailor? I think I'll be a soldier. Why? I can lick all the old engines and they'll run away when they see me coming. Come over here, Peter. Have you been listening to old Dan Potter? He killed 21 Indians with his bare fist. His engines aren't to be trusted and they're no good, no how. Dan Potter is just an old liar. The only Indians he ever saw are those nice old trappers who come to trade every winter at Malcolm's store. Get the idea out of your head that Indians are no good, no how. Anyway, no how isn't a word anyhow. Wouldn't the engines run away if they saw a soldier coming with a gun, loaded? I doubt it. Ask Abe Lincoln sometime about the Black Hawk War. He was the captain in the war, but he didn't see any Indians running away from white men. In fact, to the contrary. Yes, but white men aren't afraid to die. Nobody likes to die. Red or white or yellow or black... It's just like Mr. Lincoln says. The two most unpopular things in the world are not being free and being dead. Gosh, being dead's worse than anything. I wouldn't be sure. Everybody has to die sometime. There's nothing they can do about it. But there's plenty a man can do about not being free. 
And, yes, the sailors have to learn how to swim. be a long time getting well? Mrs. Rutledge, Anne's not going to get well. Oh, no. You might as well know now. How long will it be? Might be two days. Might be two weeks. <laughs> I'm terribly... I'm sorry. I'm going into it. Like a tornado blowing the sky right off its hinges. 
then I'd wish away your fever. I'd wish... Abe, what are you going to do when I'm gone? When you're gone? What I do when I'm 80 is no concern to me right now. Do you love me, Abe? I... My hand, I... God in heaven, hand. I know. You once told me you weren't very good at expressing yourself on things you feel deeply about. Yes. That's it. Then if you love me, Abe, go on and be the man I know you can be. Go on. Because it's what I'd want you to be if I were with you. Be a big man, Anne. Why, I'll never even be a little man without you. I'll be nothing. Abraham Lincoln, I know you. I know you better than you know yourself. You'll grieve for me a bit. But you'll be all right after a while. When you find out that grieving doesn't help. Abe, if it's at all possible for me to be near you after I'm gone, if in any way... God. Then I will come to you, Abe. I will. Please, Sam, you're tiring yourself. And when your mind's at peace, you'll go back to your books. And you'll be great. Because you're just naturally made that way. I don't want to be great. I just want you to be well again, Anne. You get some rest now. You're going to be all right. I'll stay right here by your side. Please now, my sweet. Yes. I am a bit tired. That's right. Just rest now. You won't leave me, will you? No, dear, I won't leave you. I'll never leave you. Good. Good.
America thanks Jeanette Nolan and the Cavalcade players for their performance of Ann Rutledge and Lincoln. And now the star of next week's program, Edwin Jerome. Ladies and gentlemen, next week our radio play will be called Red Death. It is the story of Dr. Joseph Goldberger, a great American scientist who devoted his life to finding a cure for pellagra, a disease that had ravaged the South for generations. And that was his contribution to the distinguished achievements of American medical science. Thank you. The orchestra and original scores on the Cavalcade of America are under the direction of Don Voorhees. Your narrator was William Spargrove. This is Clayton Collier sending best wishes from DuPont. This is the National Broadcasting Company.